So in your staff meetings, why don't you make new ideas the first item on the agenda? Start a staff meeting and say, the first 15 minutes of this meeting is going to be devoted to great ideas. Episode 182, The Suggestion Box, Winning Ideas from the Workforce. You're listening to The Game Changers with Jason Jennings. Leadership lessons in speed, productivity, growth, innovation, and reinvention. Now, here's worldwide best-selling author and speaker, Jason Jennings, and your host, Dale Dixon. With 1.4 million listens and downloads and growing every week, this is The Game Changers with Jason Jennings, New York Times, Wall Street Journal, and USA Today bestselling author of eight books on leadership, growth, innovation, speed, and reinvention. I'm your host, Dale Dixon. Jason, great to be with you today. Uh, Dale, I mean, we're like ships passing in the night. I mean, you're moving, you're traveling, I'm moving, I'm traveling. So uh, I'm glad we have this opportunity to get together. Absolutely. Just a peek behind the curtain for the listeners. We obviously don't re- you're not listening to this live. We record them ahead of time, but usually it's only within a week or two of when the podcast is released. And we're now into 2019, uh, the first few weeks of January of 2019, and you've been on the road already. already. And you know, it just never ceases to amaze that you come back from every single trip with a story because you find something poignant to point out to us from a, as a leadership lesson. So Another great story finds you this time? Well, actually, I, I want to begin with a story. I, I don't think I've ever told you this story, uh, but it's a story that happened on another trip about a year ago, but it came drifting back into my life, and I've thought about it almost nonstop the last several days because of the nature of the work I was doing this week, where I was, and I'll tell you about that in a moment. But It's a great story. So about a year ago, I was doing an event uh, in Boston for Keurig, uh, the coffee pot people or the coffee people. And uh, I mean, it was it was great work, fun work, great people. It was a big crowd, I guess, seven or eight hundred people. And uh, on one of the breaks, I was wandering around outside, shaking hands, uh, mixing up with the crowd like I like to do. And one guy came up to me and he said, uh, he said, I love your stories. He said, uh, I have a great story for you that ties into something you were talking about today. And I said, okay, I'm all ears. I'm a storyteller. So anything you tell me can be used in the future. And he said, well, we manufactured the actual K-Cups uh, for Keurig. He said, but uh, earlier in my career, I was working for a company that made cups and lids for McDonald's, for Burger King, for restaurants, um, uh, you know, soft drink dispensers all, all over the place. So, and he said, do you remember? He said that all of the cups had a, uh, had a lid that you could snap on. And he said they had that little circle cut into them, that little removable dot. So you could put your straw right through it. Do you remember those Dale? I do remember those. Okay. All right. Well, the guy continued on with the story and he said, you're not going to believe this. He said, but some young kid in Canada actually inhaled this thing. It got stuck in his throat and the kid died. And he said, so we knew that this had to be totally re-engineered. And he said, we were stymied. We were stymied. We did not know what to do, what to replace it with. And uh, he said, I, he said, I remember the day it happened. We'd been in a meeting with all of our engineers, uh, for hours and we we're trying to figure out what to replace this damn little removable circle dot with. And he said, finally, he said there was a young guy, an immigrant to America who didn't really have a great command of the language, who was working on the cleanup team, the janitorial team at this company. And he'd been listening and we weren't paying any attention to him because he, he wasn't one of us. And he said, 
And finally, sensing our frustration, this young guy walked to the front of the room, didn't say a word, uh, took a magic marker, drew a picture of a cup, and then drew a picture of the plastic lid on top of the cup. And he took the magic marker and he just slash, slash, made an X. And he said, that's your answer. And he said, that's the day that those little darn plastic circles disappeared from cups all around the world, and they were replaced with a slash. And he said, the management lesson for me in that was, I don't have to have the great ideas because everybody around me has got far greater ideas than I have. I just have to learn during the rest of my career how to get people to share these ideas uh, with us. And, And that's what I really want to talk about today. Let me tell you briefly a little bit about the nature of my work this week. Most people know that I, I, I do a lot of speeches, you know, the big speeches, 1,000, 2,000, 3,000 people uh, for, for associations and big events and big companies, annual kickoffs, et cetera. But increasingly over the years, a lot of my work is with uh, high-level leadership teams. And so this week I was with um, a company, and I, I haven't asked them yet if I can use their name because there's other tales to tell about this company that I want to, and I'm sure the CEO will give me permission, but I don't have it yet. And, but it's a great company uh, that's been growing uh, more than double digits every year for the past eight years, and they have their top 60 or 65 people gathered for their annual retreat, annual kickoff. And so my role was to lead off the day. And so what I did is uh, I taught for 90 minutes, and I'm even going to tell you what I taught. And then we took a break for about a half hour. Then we came back, and we broke the group into teams of six or seven people. And they had about an hour to talk about how they could take what I had taught and how they can um, practically use it within the organization starting ASAP. And so the five things I I taught this week was, uh, number one, uh, and this will be a familiar refrain to you, I was talking about the power of purpose within an organization, how great companies are powered by purpose. Uh, I, I talked about how every great company has a culture of growth and and how you build a culture of growth. I talked about letting go of the things that hold most companies back. I talked about the need to make lots of small bets and small innovations instead of betting the ranch. And then I talked about the role of stewardship and leaders need to look in the mirror and ask themselves the question, will my life be more about me or will my life be more about others? So I taught I mean, there were just great questions. There was great interaction. It was just a delight to be with these people. We took our break. We came back. We broke into groups of six, seven, or eight people, and they had their hour to practically ask the question, how can we use purpose? How can we do a better job of creating a culture of growth? How how can we put letting go into our DNA? Uh, how can we create a culture of small bets? How can we be better stewards in all that we do? And then my job is to, and the CEO joined me, we walked around the room facilitating these groups, listening to them, answering any questions they had. And again, Dale, with that set up, let me tell you what the kaboom was. It was... I can't believe how many great ideas people have. Just just incredible ideas, things I've never heard before. And I was, again, just kaboom, reminded of the fact that most companies don't harness one of the greatest assets they have, which are mining ideas from their employees, from their associates, from their workforce. And so I started making a list uh, of the the 10 things 
that companies should do, small companies, medium-sized companies, big companies. I mean, I mean, to gather these incredible ideas from, from incredibly bright people. People are incredibly bright, and people have great ideas. So I'm going to go through the list very quickly. Uh, number one, more and more companies are setting up a portal suggestion box. Amazon will tell you that they give much of the credit for their incredible success to their online portal suggestion box, where every, anybody can make a suggestion at any time, and it will be acknowledged, it will be examined, and if possible, it will be used. So number one, do you have a portal suggestion box? And I went to check online, the software is cheap. I mean, some of the software is actually free. And there's no excuse for a company not to have an online portal suggestion box. All you have to do is, is Google that. Number two, do you regularly survey uh, everybody who works in the organization and ask them for their ideas? Uh, number three, uh, do you talk about innovation and good ideas at staff meetings? I'll never forget the time uh, a woman uh, from Cornell was addressing a same group that I was in upstate New York, and she was uh, giving a speech on innovation. And she uh, looked at the group and she said, uh, how many of you want to be more innovative? And, every, and this was a group of bankers, and every hand in the room went up, probably 500 people. And she said, uh, how many of you have off-site meetings or regular uh, meetings of your senior-level team? And every hand went up. And she said, how many of those meetings have an agenda? And every hand went up. And she said, how many of you put innovation on the agenda? And every hand went up. And she said, and how many of you make innovation last on the agenda? And every hand embarrassingly went up. And she said, how many of you never finished the agenda? And every hand went up. So in your staff meetings, why don't you make new ideas the first item on the agenda? Start a staff meeting and say, the first 15 minutes of this meeting is going to be devoted to great ideas. Don't make it last on the agenda because you're never going to get there because people are going to scatter before the agenda is completed. Number four, are you having online or ongoing discovery conversations with your direct reports? I mean, Mary, uh, any, any ideas? What do you think we should be doing about this? John, what do you think we should be doing about this? Dale? What's your take on this? So are you having ongoing discovery conversations with your direct reports? Uh, number five, have formal brainstorming sessions where you, where you take an hour, you take 90 minutes, and you say the sole purpose of this discussion today is to come up with new ideas, new ways of looking at things, new ways of thinking. Number six, uh, and it was great being with the CEO this week, I was shocked by the great ideas his people had. He wasn't. And the reason he wasn't is because he's a leader who leads from the front. He is actively seen as being an innovator. He's actively seen as having new ideas. He's actively seen as trying to raise revenues. He's actively seen as trying to wring out costs. He is actively seen as doing. And uh, so number six is you have to lead from the front if you expect other people to give you their ideas. Number seven, make time for innovation. Uh, why don't you consider giving everybody in your company one day a month just to come up with new ideas and or innovative opportunities for the company. Uh, you're, Dale, I know you're familiar with, or I'm, I'm sure you are, with Google's 20% rule. I mean, since its inception, Google has said, spend 20% of your time doing something that has nothing to do with your job. Imagine the innovation that flows from that. Number eight, 
you have to implement and you, uh, why would you ever collect all of these good ideas and then not be seen as acting on them? So you've got to implement some of these ideas and then you've got to acknowledge great ideas and you've got to be filled with gratitude and you've got to make these people heroes. You've got to make them feel really, really good, which will boost their self-esteem and engagement even further. Number nine, you have to change responsibilities and make people cross-functional. I remember in an episode 150 episodes ago, Dale, I asked you a question about mutual fund managers. And I said, when somebody becomes the manager of a mutual fund, what is their best annual performance? Is it their first year when they know nothing? Is it their third year when they've figured it out? Or is it their fifth year when they're a seasoned pro? And the answer is, and this is the study has been replicated over and over and over again, it's their first year. Because it's a fresh set of eyes. They're not wed to the past. They'll get rid of the dogs. I mean, they'll, they'll uh, make some, uh, cha- take some chances. And then number 10, you have to reward individuals and groups. American Airlines, uh, each quarter, uh, gives a number of gifts of week long exotic trips, uh, to people who have come up with the best idea. So yeah, you have to reward individuals and groups. So those are my 10 things, uh, about soliciting great ideas from the people who have the great ideas, the people who are actually doing the work day in, day out. Questions? Reaction? Mm, Great list. I go back to number three, staff meetings. And when you challenge us to start with an idea or start with collecting ideas, start with the innovation conversation, that completely changes the energy level of that meeting. Rather than, okay, we're going to start this meeting by reviewing the last week or the last month or the last quarter, which nobody's excited about. If you start the meeting saying, okay, we're talking innovation, that just amps up the the energy level for the rest of the meeting. It sets the stage. Yeah, and what do we do instead? We come in and whip them and beat them, and then, I mean, then then we want them to be contributors. I mean, no, in fact, I I don't know how many meetings, uh, I'm I'm sure you've been involved in thousands and thousands of meetings, so have I, and I know by the time you get to the end of agenda, I mean, people are just wanting to get out of there. I mean, people want to leave. I mean, it's gone too long. And uh, so take innovation, take great ideas and put them at the beginning and say, we're going to spend the first 15 minutes talking about great ideas, new ways of thinking, new ways of looking at things. And then I think about the story you opened up with and the solving of the coffee cup cap problem and the necessity to be intentional about looking at your organization from a flat perspective and everybody, whether they're the janitor at night to the top corner office with windows has an opportunity and should be looked at as an idea generator. Yep. And so here's what happens. Here's what happens uh, when you actively solicit and implement ideas from your most valuable asset, your people. Uh, it, it really improves individual and group morale. I, I, I promise you it will improve engagement scores. It builds a team spirit. You can raise revenues, reduce costs, create a sense of ownership on the part of people, improves customer service, and ultimately creates a culture of innovation. And you know, I'd say this, employees are all eager to help you save money, cut costs, and improve revenues. It's, it's an incredible asset, and it's sad that it's not tapped into all the time. Absolutely. This is one to go back and listen to again. I'm going to go through those 10 suggestions from Jason one more time if you're driving and didn't get a chance to write these down, but 
but commit these to memory. Um, uh, go ahead and just uh, bookmark this podcast and this part of the podcast to go back and write these down at some point. But number one, you've got to have an online portal suge- uh, suggestion box. Number two, survey people on a regular basis. Number three, Use your staff meetings as innovation opportunities. Start the agenda with an innovation line item. Number four, your ongoing discovery conversations as you're meeting with direct reports. Make sure you're looking to them for those ideas. Have brainstorming sessions. Set aside 60 to 90 minutes once a month where you just sit around and every idea is a potential idea. Lead from the front. If you are in a leadership position, People are looking to you. Make time for innovation, number seven. Number eight, implement and acknowledge the great ideas. You can't just collect a box full. You've got to do something with them. Change change responsibilities. Change up what's going on and make people cross-functional. It helps initiate ideation and innovation. And number 10, reward individuals and groups. So great list. Thank you. And any final thoughts for us, Jason? Yeah, I I do have a couple of final thoughts as you were reviewing the list. I was thinking to myself that every company today will tell you that people are its most important asset. Every company will tell you that. And every executive and leader will talk to you about the importance of culture. In fact, people and culture are really the only assets that any organization has. It's not in your patents. It's not in your plants. It's not in your supply chain. At the end of the day, it all comes down to people and culture. And you know what? It's the thing that companies pay the least amount of attention to. They talk it, but they really don't pay attention to it. And that's sad. I mean, it's, there's this incredible asset out there waiting to be tapped, wanting to be involved, wanting to contribute, wanting to be acknowledged. And most companies just don't do a good job of tapping into that incredible asset. Mm, so true. Thank you for the reminder. I'll encourage folks to subscribe to this podcast in the iTunes store, wherever you listen to your podcasts, uh, your favorite podcast listening app. Go ahead and subscribe to the podcast so that you see the most recent episode as we release it. You can also find uh, previous episodes at jason-jennings.com slash iTunes. And Jason would love to hear from you. The email address, jason at jason-jennings.com. Once again, jason at jason-jennings.com. And he responds to every email even with a brief response, but you're going to hear back from him. Jason Jennings is the author who USA Today has called one of the three most in-demand business speakers in the world. Learn how your group or company can have Jason keynote your next event. Visit the website, jason-jennings.com. This is The Game Changers, the podcast dedicated to leading highly principled people to their full potential. You've been listening to The Game Changers, leadership lessons in speed, productivity, growth, innovation, and reinvention with business thought leader, best-selling author, and keynote speaker, Jason Jennings. Read Jason's most recent New York Times bestseller, The Reinventors, and visit his website at jason-jennings.com.